0: It's your host, Rob Kohansky. Welcome to Local First Podcast, where I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to tell their inspiring stories about them and about their business so you can learn more about them. Just a reminder, this podcast is made possible by Home Solutions Realty. I'd really appreciate it if you would forward the podcast by sharing, subscribing on iTunes, and leaving reviews and recommendations for future guests and topics. I want to hear from you. Now let's get to the show. All right. On this episode of Local First Podcast, we have James Hamer. Welcome. How are you doing today, James? I'm, I'm great, Rob. How are you? I'm doing awesome, awesome. So I appreciate you being on the show today. It's going to be an exciting episode. This is part of a four-part episode that's going to be airing in September 2018 about financial education. So before we get into the nuts and bolts of uh, what you're going to talk about, uh, let's get let the listeners get to a little bit more about you. Uh, what's your backstory? Where'd you grow up? What do you enjoy doing in your spare time? Uh,
1: my backstory, I grew up in Wisconsin. I'm a native, lived here my entire life. I uh, grew up about 90 miles north of here between... Uh, Two little towns that most people never heard of, probably, Kingston and Dalton. I had a I grew up on a farm out there. Went to high school in Markazan, Wisconsin, which, again, most people, if you know of Markazan, you know Wisconsin well. <laughs> uh, lived there, grew up, uh, uh, graduated from high school, and I went to the University of Wisconsin La Crosse, <clears throat> got my under- undergraduate degree, and uh, lived in Wisconsin my whole life. Lived in well, La Crosse, Wausau, Fond du Lac and then mostly lived in southeastern Wisconsin, Milwaukee area, five county area for the last, since 87.
0: That's interesting. Cause most people I have on here, are, they're, they're from somewhere else. <laughs> they, it's, it's really weird. I was like, what? everybody's from either like Detroit or Minnesota or something like that. So it's good to have a good old Wisconsin. Well, I lived, in,
1: I lived in Colorado for a summer. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, it's
0: been right. Wisconsin. So tell me about what you do as a financial advisor? Kind of give people a heads up. My primary focus
1: is sitting down with individuals and small businesses and helping them to put together a plan for their financial future, and it's pretty all-encompassing. A word that we use sometimes is holistic. Uh, When I sit down with somebody, the ideal circumstance is they bring me uh, every statement they have and every account that they have, and... Uh, they're, they're looking for advice on how to make sure it's all put together in a, uh, an efficient manner so that they're um, on track to their financial goals. A lot of what we do is, is identifying what they'd like to accomplish. Um, I, I find out what, where, the, where it hurts <laughs> <laughs> in their financial plan, if there's any pain, or if there's been pain in the past that they want to avoid. And so uh, it's mostly an interview process when I'm consulting with somebody. It's a lot of asking questions and getting to know who they are and what they're all about and, you know, what their experience has been up to that point in time. Uh, It's a lot about understanding their approach towards their financial situation. Uh, uh, People approach things differently, you know. Couples, sometimes one person's in charge, sometimes the other. Sometimes they both are. Sometimes they disagree. Sometimes it's yours, mine, and ours. and. You know, it's it's a it's an interesting business when you talk about money and finance because uh, a lot of times I think of it as uh, people come in and <clears throat> they're they're uh, uh, it's like, kind of like they're going to the doctor only on the money on the money side of things you know and they don't like talking about their privacy unless they know they're with somebody they can
0: trust. That's sure, that that's key right there. Someone yep. that they can trust, no doubt. Mm-hmm. So what's been some of your biggest challenges uh, through this process of, you know, becoming a financial advisor?
1: Well, that's the, that's the biggest challenge in my industry, in my business, is uh, earning an individual's trust. I always tell people when I get to start to get to know them, I said, there's two things got to be in place here. <laughs> number one, you have to like me. And number two, you have to trust me. And that, frankly, goes both ways. Uh, if I've, got a, if I've got somebody that I don't feel good about working with, uh, I'm probably not going to go more forward with that, but usually it's a matter of just spending time and identifying what it is that people really are trying to accomplish and getting over any hurdles that they've had, in, you know, with experience in the past working with individuals that maybe weren't in more of a consultant's role, but more were more in a sales role, where they're more product-oriented, and they've got an idea or a concept that they really feel strongly about, and they're really promoting that product rather than getting to know the individual and making sure that what what's put in place and what is in place makes sense for them. Does that make sense?
0: Oh yeah, that makes that make total sense. Yeah. I, I do the same thing when I'm, when I'm talking with people, whether it's in the, before they come on the podcast or whether they get to do uh, real estate transactions with me, we sit down and have that uh, one-on-one that heart to heart to see if we're even going to be able to a good fit for each other. That's right. So I, I, totally, I totally understand. Uh, let's go back in the time machine. If you could start over, what advice would you give your younger self?
1: Save money and stay out of debt.
0: Save money and stay out of debt? Yeah. That's good. A lot of people should be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward, okay. Yeah. So being an expert in your field of, with uh, financial advisors, what are three to five things that you want the listeners to know about you and why they, would, why they should come to you?
1: First of all, I've got 30 years of experience. And so if somebody is uh, in a situation where they're feeling uncomfortable with whatever it happens to be, they're uncomfortable with the marketplace right now as far as their investments are concerned, they're uncomfortable with the relationship that they have with with whomever they're working with, they haven't heard from them in in some way, shape, or form, um, then uh, I'd be a good resource for them I always tell my clients <clears throat> that if they have somebody that is a friend or family member that has some concerns about their financial situation, whatever it happens to be, that I'm a resource for them because they can give me a call. If they're important to my client, they're important to me, I'd like to help them out. Uh, so the first thing is my experience, I think, is, is uh, extensive. I've, I've seen uh, the good. I've seen... The bad I've seen the ugly in the industry and so when it comes to sitting down and understanding where a person's coming from I can usually relate to whatever their search circumstances based on the experience with other clients in the past uh, the second thing uh, is an expectation uh, when I sit down with somebody <clears throat> um, they're going to be an, it's going to be an interview it's going to be a relationship it's not a one-time circumstance where they're gonna see me today and after transaction is completed, never see me again. Uh, I work as an investment advisory rep. A portion of that means I'm a fiduciary. And as a part of that fiduciary responsibility, I'm required to sit down and do reviews on a regular basis at least once a year. So uh, if you have a relationship with me, you're going to see me. Uh, You're going to get phone calls from me. You're probably going to get a reminder that you've changed a year older. You're going to get, you know, some emails that say happy holidays and that sort of thing. And it's gonna be a long-term type of relationship where as your circumstances change, we'll adjust and adapt whatever, you know, financial things we need to adjust and adapt. And I'm a resource as a phone call, like I said, to um, make a phone call. My best clients call me if they make any kind of major transaction, you know, they say, how do you feel about this, James? And I say, okay, that's the perfect kind of situation. So that's a couple of things.
0: Okay. Those, yeah, those, those are some good uh, topics to, to bring up. I think it's really important that, uh, that you stay and build that relationship with those individuals and those families and those small businesses. I think that's key. I see that too much out there where uh, individuals and, and people are turning into transactions. And I've been, how do I say, um, a part of that. It was being a transaction and it's no fun. Uh, all right, let's go back in time when you thought, wow, I'm making a difference. This really means something to me. It could be personal or through business.
1: I can go back to something recent. I had a, a client that came in that um, was distraught, and uh, she had been a long-term client. She's not well-off, but she's, you know, solid. She's uh, retired. She's got pensions. Uh, she's got Social Security. She's got assets. She owns a home. Um And she had just made some bad decisions recently, and we had to restructure a couple of things. Part of it was debt related. And it was interesting to see her body language when we came in. She had written down on a 3 by 5 note card uh, what, what the pain was that I mentioned earlier. I took a quick look at it. I said, I think we can solve this. I think we can solve it pretty quickly based on your overall circumstance. And as of, <clears throat> actually, I think it was last week, last week, Friday, uh, her, she had to refinance her house, so is what I wanted to. And she had to pay off some debt that she had incurred. And, uh, but, but her whole demeanor went from being almost afraid to having peace of mind that there was somebody that was going to help her <laughs> solve her problem. And that, that's, a, that's a rewarding kind of circumstance. Uh, where somebody's in a tough situation you can really, really make a difference in that kind of circumstance. So. And that's, that happens time and time again. I, you know, the, the, the types of clients, when, I, when they come into my office and they're new and I don't know them and then I get to, get to understand where they're coming from and what, what their challenges are and what their objectives are, to have them leave and have that feeling of a peace of mind from them that's rewarding. And if I talk to somebody on the phone and I don't sense that peace of mind, then I know I need to do something to adjust whatever it happens to be, so, yeah.
0: that, That's really neat that yeah. you're able to help someone out.
1: The, the third thing that you had asked earlier and it came back to me, it's it's uh, it's related to that, that peace of mind. It's managing expectations. Um, The management, and this would fall under the third third part of the question you had earlier. When clients come in in a business like mine, they have expectations of what they'd like to see as far as their, let's call it, rate of return or what the results are on investments. And a big part of what I do is to help them to understand what their objective is and what their expectations should be with that objective. If somebody's in retirement, and they're having an expectation that they're going to live off of their retirement assets, their expectation has to be different from a return standpoint, in my opinion, than somebody who's 35 years old who's saving for retirement. But when they listen to the news media (laughs) and they hear the stock market reports and all of the noise that's out there, uh, good or bad, they have to have that expectation in place so that they're not wavered along the way and they stay, they stay on course and stay, stick with the plan. Stay true to the plan,
0: that's huge. Yeah, and, and
1: so that, that's something that, that I've become very good at, is helping people manage that expectation. You know, they call up and say, hey, is the market's going to heck in a handbasket. Well, we're, we're structured in your portfolio so that we can withstand, you know, catastrophe the markets are doing great. I didn't do as well as some of the markets and that happens as well. Well, if the markets go up by 20%, they can go down by 20%. So uh, again, a lot of that's just communication, getting to know somebody and then it goes back to that trust
0: factor. All right, let's go. Let's let's have the audience get to know you a little bit better. What are some of your day-to-day practices that have contributed to your success and happiness?
1: When I wake up in the morning and when I go to bed at night, I mindfully and sometimes verbally Uh, and and truly grateful for those clients and those representatives that have been a part of my career all along and who are with me to this day so um, I'm mindful of that and when I have a, a client phone call client email any kind of connection those go to the top of the priority list immediately uh, my clients can expect a phone call back in 24 hours or less regardless of what the situation is and um, so waking up and being grateful for those clients has been that that's that's that puts peace of mind for me <laughs> because I know that today if I'm grateful and I send that energy,
0: Come back to you most definitely. Is there any particular book, or quote, or resource that has guided you that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Uh, We talked earlier about the thing that I'm doing through the chamber with the CEO. um, It's not a roundtable CEO um, mastermind group, and uh, I'm a student of. Self-improvement. I'm a student of human nature. Um, a quarter of a book. I think one of the books that that really has impacted me. It's not so much the book itself, but the fact that the book spurns so much stuff. Is a book by James Allen called As a Man Thinketh. It's a, a short read. You can go down to the secondhand bookstore and buy it for a buck. You can go on to Amazon or uh, Google Play. And some actually, I think that one might even be free but it's a quick read, and it's just about having the right mental thought processes on a a moment-to-moment basis. Become what you think about.
0: There you go. If you could give advice to someone getting started as a financial advisor, what nuggets would you share with them?
1: somebody's getting started in the industry, be authentic. Find a mentor, somebody who's been there and done it. Don't do, don't necessarily do it the way they did it, but help have them there as a resource and a guide to help you move forward. Don't get caught up in whatever the flavor of the day is. Flavor of the day being whatever cool thing or you know, whatever company came out and said that this is the coolest thing since sliced bread. Don't don't buy that. Uh, evaluate it. Make sure that it, it makes sense for whatever clientele you're working with. Um, be a uh, be a consultant, not a sales guy. I like that. You got you to get to know people. Consulting is a process. At the end of the day, a client needs to sign a piece of paper, or these days a docu sign, or something. They need to authorize you to get compensated in some way, shape, manner, or form. <laughs> That's the end of the process, and that process if you present things and you communicate them in a clear enough fashion, uh, it's the client's going to end up being the one making the decision. Not That's the end result, anyways. But it's going to be the decision that makes the most sense because you've got the whole process that you're going through. So I, I did a lot of work with training people in that in that regard, and it's uh, uh, something where if you if you try to be too salesy, if you try to be gimmicky, it's A gimmick will last for a little while, but then it will go away and got to learn something else. So do it right the first time.
0: I agree, I agree. Uh, What's the one thing that's got you fired up right now about the future?
1: I was in a a business uh, gathering about three weeks ago, and there was a guy up front, a, a real good guy local, he's a business coach, and he did a little presentation on the importance of customer service. And his statement was that by 2020, uh, customer service is going to be the most important thing in almost every business transaction, and that people will pay a premium for good customer service. And after I heard that, I said, amen.
0: It's about time. (laughs) I was,
1: I I, I felt... uh, Validated that what we're doing is the right thing. Um, There's uh, there's people out there. The noise is that you know we're all going to get replaced by robots of some kind, robo advisor, and uh, there's so much information out there. If somebody goes out and tries to navigate what I know from 30 years of doing this and tries to do it on their own, they're going to be overwhelmed with it. And um, it's easy to make a mistake that's not, that's going to cost you a lot of money. And so uh, that customer service piece, and, and knowing and hearing that all we got to do is be AAA customer service, and not that we're going to charge exorbitant fees, but we'll, we'll earn our fees, we'll earn our relationships, and it's not going to be all based on whether or not a person gets a stellar rate of return. It's going to be based on the fact that we really helped them design a future for themselves.
0: I like that customer service. So uh, right now let's uh, talk about how people can connect with you, James, uh, whether it be through uh, websites, Facebook, any of those types of, uh, Uh, two
1: best places to get me. Uh, if uh, LinkedIn is probably the best place if, you're hearing this in some remote distant place um, send out a friend re- send out a connection request to me uh, you don't need an email um, Let let me know that you are me on a podcast and uh, I, I'm there James Hamer, H-A-M-E-R uh, you can send, send me an email uh, my email address is J-H-A-M as in Mary D-R and then it's at G-V-CAP online Gary Victor
0: Charlie Apple Paul. and I'll, I'll add all those to the show notes so people can see them as well when okay. I read them so they'll be in there as well those
1: are two best places
0: okay very cool so we're going to have some fun with some rapid fire rapid fire questions James so but before we do that you could ask me one question about anything
1: Any question about anything
0: anything anything you want
1: who's going to win the tour de France I have
0: no idea Tour de France I'm not a biker you're not a biker I'm not a biker, I you were a biker. no
1: okay are the brewers going to be uh, in the playoffs
0: No <laughs> If I would put it like this is like if any indication of what they've done in the last five, six years there's usually, there's usually, so you're not a homer. They're, you're, they're, not a, you're, not a,
1: you're not a. You're not a. You don't have faith that they're gonna. They're gonna pull it out. Hey, you
0: know what? I've seen them crash an entire season in one month in September when they won. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're
1: they're trying hard right
0: now. I, they're trying real hard right now. They do the same thing. <laughs> I, you know, that's just that. Just after the uh, uh, All Star break, that's when you really got to start watching them because that's when they start losing games. And we'll see if they can pick up a couple players to, to do something. But we'll see in September. Thanks. We'll see. I, I you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. My turn. My turn. My turn. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, what topic would you speak about if you were asked to give a TED Talk about something outside of your expertise?
1: Uh, self-development and overcoming adversity.
0: Okay. All right. What do you believe is true, even though you cannot prove it?
1: I've got about three answers to that, but uh, we'll just say that uh, Jesus lives.
0: Okay. Very good, very good. All right. One more, one more. Let's see what we got here. What is your favorite documentary or movie?
1: You know, I just, I, I love
0: The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. That brings me back. I used to watch that, what was it, like right around Easter time or something back in the day on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. With Dorothy, with the black, old black and white.
1: So many metaphors in that movie.
0: Yeah, huh? That's, a, that's an interesting pick. <laughs> wow. Just one of many. One of many. Just okay.
1: what what popped into my head. Today.
0: Okay. All right, so let's wrap this up. Any ask or request from the audience, and any last parting words?
1: Well, I'm in business. I'm in Mayfair or uh, Mayfair Road, just south of uh, Watertown Plank. You got my contact information. If you've got a question or concern about money or finance, uh, give me a shout.
0: All right. Sounds good. Well, James, I appreciate you being on the show today. Um, Again, reach out to James. This is part of a four-part series on financial education, and I appreciate you being on the show. James Hamer is an investment advisor representative of Global View Capital Management, a SEC registered investment advisor located in Waukesha, Wisconsin. The opinions expressed by James Hamer and guest on this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Local First Podcast. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice.